It's Halloween with Gary Spivey. Gary's going to explain the unexplainable today. So if there's something in your life that's unexplainable, Gary will explain it. Can you do this, Gary? Gary, let me ask you a question. Can you explain the unexplainable? Oh, yeah, very easily. I'll be able to tap into the truth of what what really happened. I'm going to read you some stories that I found online and then you're going to try to explain what really happened, okay? Gary, this one creeps me out. I was taking a bath one night with a shower curtain drawn. I heard the door open, footsteps echoing on the tile, a drawer open and shut, and then a person walking out and shutting the door. A shadow of a person moving in sync with the footsteps accompanied the experience. All the while this was occurring, I kept shouting, Hello? 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 Just after the person left, my mother started banging on the bathroom door, wondering if I was okay because she heard me shouting. She couldn't get in the room to check on me because the door was locked. I get a chill every time I go into that bathroom. Gary, what happened? Uh, This was indeed a real person that broke in. And this wasn't a spirit or anything. What? Really? A real person. Yeah. This so nothing, spoo- nothing spooky about it? No, this was a real person that broke in to rob her. Whoa. Um, wow. Sometimes it's, it's just those kind of things. But uh, this was a real person that had broken in uh, to rob her and uh, finally realized that, you know, it was too risky because she was you know, going to get out of the shower sometime. And... Um, and then they left, and so but this was not intending to harm her, but to rob her. And it was um, uh, also this. Well, this particular person wasn't wanting to harm her, but but they lived a little ways away, maybe three or four doors down, okay. and they would watch her from time to time, like a stalker, a little bit. But it was a person robbing the house. Okay, let's go to the phones here, Jesse. Kind of a mysterious, unexplainable sort of thing. Tell Gary what happened. Yeah, um, so I've been having paranormal experiences for the last 16 years, um, but my son, Tyler, was moved from his crib one night. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night, and he was laying on the floor in front of the front door. In front and of the front door? Inside in, the front door? In, yeah, in, okay. in the house, but yep. he was on the floor in front of the front door. And um, I had a roommate at the time, and you know I woke her up super angry, and neither one of us had moved him um, from his crib in the middle of the night. And then, you know, we've had, I've had a lot of other things where I've been poked in the middle of the night to where I've been startled awake and my shoulder hurt. Okay, so Gary, how did the baby get in front of the front door in the middle of the night? Uh, this was, a, um, I think, an intervention from an angel. This was something that really was very paranormal, uh, really did happen. How old was the child? He was, uh, Tyler was probably about eight months old. Uh, I see that that, uh, this was an angel. I see tremendous angels around this kid, and they wanted to move him uh, from where he was uh, because he had stopped breathing. I think he had, you know, they didn't want him to go. Uh, In other words, like he could have had uh, what's called SIDS, 
uh, because it seems like he had, he was lying in a way that he wasn't breathing, and uh, I see an inter- intervention from angels, and so it was an angelic thing uh, that occurred, and so sometimes weird stuff like this will happen, and 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 that's what this is. This is a real deal angel getting involved in in what you know wasn't supposed to happen. There's a million stories like this. I got a bunch more. I got a bunch on the phone. I got a bunch coming in on email. These are, again, we're doing something weird and different today with Mm -hmm. Gary Spivey. Something unexplainable. For example, I've got one. I'll read to you in a moment. A very mysterious phone call on a phone that wasn't even plugged in. (gasps) Weird. Gives you chills. We'll tell you about it next with Gary Spivey on 101.3 KDWB. Gary Spivey on Halloween. Is it busy season for psychics on Halloween, Gary? Well, you know, it really is because there's a lot of spirits out because people are thinking about spiritual things and and goblins and ghosts. And ghosts really do exist. They really do. Demons exist, of course, and ghosts exist. People are are haunted and haunting, and it's crazy. This is what I think a lot of people do when they lose their mom and dad. You dream about your mom and dad. I dream about my mom and dad probably... If not every night, then almost every really? night. Almost every night. And they're always pleasant. They're never sad. They're always like, Mom and Dad are back, and they're healthy, and I'm at their house, and we're hanging out, and I get to ask all these questions that I always wanted to ask. And they don't have answers, but, you know, because they they just they don't. But it's, do people, do, do the people that we've lost put themselves in our dreams, or is that just us dreaming, or what do you think it is? Well, no, actually, they put themselves there, and we put ourselves there. Uh, it's a way that we connect, and I hear this more now than ever before, uh, and I even hear people talking about seeing their mom uh, or their dad, uh, you know, really seeing them, like yeah. even when they're not asleep and not in dreams. Uh, I've never heard it so much as I hear it these days, and so the reason is because uh, with being 2012, heaven's very close to earth, and, uh, and people can see each other. And so the fact that you see your mom and dad agree, or dream about your mom and dad every night, I mean, that's a very lucky thing. And I, uh, I, and I love it. I wake up, I wake up happy, and, yeah. and, and, and in the dream, it's just the most real thing ever yeah. that they're still alive. Like there was some silly mistake, and they're still alive. And it's like, there they are, happy and healthy at their house. Okay, I'm sure I'm not the only one who dreams that. Fallon's got an email she's got to read to you. Okay, this uh, we have a ton of kind of crazy ones. Um, this one, I was reading, uh, using my lamp on my nightstand the other night. I shut off the lamp and went to bed. Hours later, I woke up and felt something lying between my husband and myself. Sat up and found it was the lamp between us. <gasps> I picked the it up. The lamp? Yeah, she said she picked it up, found it was also unplugged. So she woke her husband up and he had no idea how it got there. And she said, I'm a really light sleeper. sleeper. So there's no way my husband did this without me waking up. The lamp had to have been, um, also had been plugged into an extension cord that was threaded underneath the bed. It would have been virtually impossible to unplug it without pulling the bed out from against the wall. This freaked us both out, so we got up to watch some TV. We go downstairs, every light in the entire house is on, and we know we turned all the lights off before going to bed. What was that, Gary, and why would some spirit want to do that? Well, this is this is a spiritual thing. I'm, I'm hearing a lot more of these types of calls and these, these types of things in private readings where people are, are finding objects that are moved around. Um, and in, in this case, I see it's an older man uh, that's playing a joke. Uh, I'm not sure if it's her father or his father or her grandfather or his grandfather, but it's a, it's a father-grandfather figure. And, and this person is sort of a prankster. And... Um, 
and uh, he says that uh, he's having a cocktail in heaven. So I think he was a drinker, and uh, but but he's just playing jokes. And uh, I've seen and heard these things more uh, in the last month or two than ever before. And so, but this is indeed one of us—a family member, older man playing a joke. And but but uh, that's the reason the lights will all go on. Different things will happen, and she'll feel a sense of him. Sometimes when she's uh, maybe in the in the uh, kitchen, uh, it feels like she has a chill because he'll also walk through her. He's learned he'll get a reaction if he walks through a human being. Sometimes ghosts will walk through a human, and when they walk through them, you'll feel this horrible chill. And so uh, that's what's going on. That's real. Okay. Let's get back to people on the phone to see what people have mysterious going on in their life right now. Let's talk to Danielle. Hello, Danielle. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. I have a story. I was driving down the interstate behind one of those old station wagons where the back seat faces towards the back of the car. Old ones, yeah. And there was a little girl in her pajamas facing out, looking out the back of the car, and it freaked me out, so I went to pass this old station wagon. There were these two old, had to have been 70-year-old people driving this car. The car that came up behind me started flashing their lights at this station wagon, and the little girl in the back just sat there. She didn't move even an ounce. And it had to have been a ghost. It was so freaky. Was it a ghost? Maybe it was their daughter who had passed away? What was that all about, Gary? As I see it, I, I see the image. Um, I see the image that I can, and I can see through the image. It was not a physical child. Uh, it was a spirit uh, that she was able to see. And uh, these images and these things, I've, I've heard more stories about this lately, but that indeed was a real one. Uh, they look uh, exactly like a person, and but they will then, if you, if you catch them from a certain angle, they'll look like a hologram. Like, you know, in Vegas, they have the holograms that walk around and yeah. exhibits and do things. Uh, it looks very hologram-like. But was that their that daughter? I mean, was that the old couple's daughter, or who was the little girl in the back? Yeah, I asked her. She said, I belong to them. Wow. So, uh, indeed, it was a daughter. Uh, I think she died when she was about, I don't know, two, three, four, something like that, I guess. Mm. Sarah, weird things in your dorm room. Is it Sarah? Yes. Sarah. What's going on in your dorm room? Well, it happened about 10 years ago, and it's bugged me ever since. And I was living in college dorms. I had these blocks that you could change to say four different things. I love pigs, I love dolls, etc. I always had it say, I love pigs. And I had a single dorm room, so no one shared my dorm room with me. And every time I would leave my dorm room, I'd come back, and they would be switched to I love dolls. And it happened for like six months. That's creepy. And nobody was ever in there, and you always nope, had to say, I, I love pigs, room. and you would lock your room and always said, I love dolls. Now, let me tell you something. I've talked to tons of people over the years who live in creepy old places like Pioneer Hall, Comstock, Centennial. Dorms are probably the most notoriously haunted places anywhere. Am I exaggerating, Gary, or is this true? It's very true, and there's big reasons why. Why? And and, uh, and well, in her situation, I'm just seeing that there's a there's an earthbound spirit there, more than one. There's actually several earthbound spirits, um, and this whole place is haunted. But I see a girl that's hanging; she hung herself in her and, dorm room. Oh my god! Yeah, and they're just yeah, and that's what that is. Okay, Fallon's going to read you an unexplained story from somebody who wrote this in, and you're going to explain what really happened. It's a long email. Okay. Okay, this is from Sam. My sophomore year of college, I was a resident assistant at Bemidji State, and we're required to move in a few weeks early before the students arrive. So she got there early. She was the first RA to arrive. 
She got there in the evening. She said, I unloaded my car and began unpacking my room. As I was unpacking, I heard what seemed to be running in the hall on the floor above me. So I ran up to see if it was my friend who was also an RA. There was no one there. All the doors to the rooms were wide open. They're supposed to be closed. So I checked all the rooms and closed the doors and walked back down to my room. About halfway to my room, I could hear running back and forth in the hall again. So I turned and ran back up there to find the doors all open with the lights on. I thought, this is ridiculous. Someone is messing with me. So I checked all the rooms carefully and turned off all the lights and closed the doors, making sure they were locked. I started down the stairs to go back to my room. And halfway down the stairs, I heard running toward the stairway I was in. So I turned around, ran back up to find no one, but doors were opened. I went back to my room thinking, okay, someone's pulling my leg. As I'm in my room, I could hear running on my floor. And I looked out of the spy hole and I see nothing. I hear running again. As soon as I hear it by my door, I open the door, I jump out, and there was no one there. Nobody there. So I shouted down the hall, this isn't funny anymore. I closed my door. I heard running again. Running turned into footsteps up to my door. And I shouted at my door, not buying it. All of a sudden, it sounded like someone had kicked my door and started shaking the handle and kicking some more. I ran and opened the door in the middle of all the noise, and there was no one there. F this is what I said out loud. I called my buddy, said, dude, I'm coming over. This place is haunted. No joke. So I drove to his place, told him everything that happened, and he didn't believe me. So we drove back to my dorm, and as we pulled into the parking lot, we could see that all the lights were on in the rooms on the floor above mine. Just got chills. And when he was telling me that I was full of crap, I shouted at him to look at my window. The door to my room opened. We could see the ambient light coming from the hall light, and a shadow appeared on the window, and my light turned on, and then abruptly shut off. Okay. You're freaking me chills. Out. You yeah. gave me eyes water. You give me chills here. She said, my friend then said, okay, you can totally stay over tonight. <laughs> I would Seriously, I don't know why people would go back to something like that. If I ever saw, if anything ever rattled my door and banged on the door and I opened it and there was nobody there, be like, okay, this has officially been the last time I've been in this this house. Okay, let's start with this. If I was, if I went up the first time and heard running and all the doors were open, I would have been like, okay. I don't even think I would have shut them. I think I would have scurried to back to my room. Yeah. If I heard it again... I would have just left. Just None left. of the rest Never. of it would have happened. I would have no been rolled way. somewhere else. Okay, Gary, what was this? I'm going to tell you. College dorms are the most haunted oh, places yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. What happened, Gary? Uh, this was what would be, I guess she would be sort of like a den mother or something. Uh, it's it's a, a lady that reminds me of a, a very angry nun. Okay. And, um, but she uh, is an earthbound spirit. Um, and she's looking after things, so to speak. Uh, so she believes she's looking after things. And so, as, as uh, you know, when she her energy's diluted, when this this building's full of people, it's not so bad. But but you know, I think she'd been there by herself for a little while. And and when this girl showed up and she was the only one there, uh, she started you know trying to control her and take care of her and make her do this and make her you know and and so. But this is a real serious ghost that's really attached to this building and this thing is mad she was pretty much angry her whole life and then she was angry somehow she died wrongly i think she fell down the steps and died i see her i see how she died it's like she was angry and sort of going after doing something and just kind of went down the steps but, but she's she's there. That's a real ghost. And she really experienced a real a poltergeist kind of real deal thing. That's okay. real. I'm going to read one that I found. Uh, it says, the phone on the table was ringing, although there were no wires attached. Thinking it was bizarre, I answered the phone anyway. My mom was on the line, and she had been dead for about three weeks. What? Ma- mom told me, stop blubbering. 
that's when I knew it was really her. And she said, listen, because she had something important to tell me. My sister's daughters would become sister's daughter would become deathly ill, but she would be fine. I called my sister Kathy the next morning to give her the message. She probably said she'd been in the ER with her daughter Carrie all night, but Carrie was going to be okay. Looks like mom still knows best, even from the other side. That is the freakiest thing ever. I'd be like, mom, never call again. I love you. I miss you. But that freaked me out, mom. Why'd you scare me? Have you ever heard stories about phones ringing with dead relatives on the other end, Gary? Uh, I have, and and they're they're rare, but I've heard maybe I've heard that twenty or thirty times. Um, wow. And so you know, but I understand. I talk to people about dead people every day, and so but this is a real deal. She really heard her mom. Her mom called her, and so many times I've heard this same thing over and over, and uh, the stories check out. Besides, when I look at it, I see the mom on the other side smiling, and uh, I ask her why she called her. She says, because I could. Because <laughs> so I could. Her mom has a pretty good sense of humor. She's I'm going to tell you. Lady. Any phone that rings that's not plugged into a wall, no mm-hmm. wires. Nope. Okay. No, nope, right. I don't answer. I'm not going to answer that phone. Hi, Shauna. Let that Hi. one rang. Hi, see, um, just about two or three weeks ago, in the middle of the night, my husband was awoken by a child saying hi, and he thought it was maybe our seven-year-old daughter, and he, you know, looked around, and he said that floating above my head (gasps) was, he said it looked like a colorful, glowing butterfly, and it was looking at him, and then it slowly just faded away. And he said it could have just been my, you know, my sight and, you know, being and sleeping or whatnot. But he said the high definitely woke him up. So I'm just wondering what that possibly could have been, if it's just our imaginations. Well, I just see it. it this is a spirit of an unborn child. Uh, sometimes your spirit of a child will show up. Uh, the spirit of a child will show up and want to come through um, and be born. And, and normally they would be. The magic will happen. That will occur. Uh, there's a lot of things that interrupt, you know, uh, children being born these days, birth control, whatever. And so they will just hang out in the spiritual dimension. So this is a spirit of a child that would, uh, that's uh, wanting to be born into their family. Weird. Never heard yeah. you talk about that before. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's a, that's a weird one, but I see it sometimes. Okay. I do. Fallon. All right. My parents bought a house when I was 17. Their previous owners left an old orange and brown sofa bed from the 60s. And we started seeing apparitions of a little boy almost immediately. We kept it a secret for almost a year from our parents. After we told our mom, she said she had a weird dream not too long ago about the house. What she told us scared the crap out of us. She said she had a dream a few weeks ago. Two little girls woke her up and told her to follow them down to the basement. They took her to the orange and brown sofa downstairs that had been left behind. A sense of fear came over my mom, but she walked towards the sofa, and the girls shielded her and told her not to go near it. The girls jumped on the sofa and started tearing away the cushions. As they tore deeper into the sofa, they started pulling up bits and pieces of hair, as if someone or something was hiding itself in the sofa. We threw the sofa away shortly after that. We stopped seeing the little boy. A few weeks later, we realized maybe we made a mistake throwing out the sofa because something else came. And unlike the boy, it was not harmless. (sighs) Whoa. And that's where the story stops. That's where the story stops. Why would you stop there? I don't know. That's the worst end of a story. Gary, what do you see? What happened? Uh, I, this was this situation was a little boy that was killed wrongly. Uh, I feel like he was maybe beat. Um, he got, I see him hit in the head really hard, and he died. And he was right there around that sofa. 
And so this was a really bad, bad, bad thing. Uh, since people around were probably on acid or some serious drugs. And so, uh, but, but um, this was something that happened very wrong. Uh, and, and there was a lot of demons around this. And so um, it feels like the, the child might have escaped finally and got out of there, went to the light, done something. But, uh, but I see uh, what was left was that vortex of demons that had to do with his death. Oh. It was a real thing. We're All right, these, are, these stories are creeping, creeping me out. out. We have a few more. It's Halloween with Gary Spivey. Gary, how come sometimes... We really desperately want to, and, 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 and I don't, and I've never tried. I've never tried to get a hold of my mom or my dad or anything like that. I talk to him once in a while, especially if I'm back at the house where I grew up at. I talk to him once in a while. You can make fun of me if you want to. I don't care. But, but how come some people get frequent visits from somebody that they've lost or an easy, unsolicited visit from somebody that they've lost, and other people just can't reach, can't touch, and can't get a hold of? Why is it that some, maybe it's the spirits are reluctant, some people don't see it? Why is it some people do and some people don't? Well, you know, here's what here's what it amounts to. You actually have to believe. You have to really believe, and you have to to know that your your parents or your friends or whoever that's passed on on the other side, uh, they're just over in another dimension. They really are, and and they're still very much with us. They're with us. I, I, you know, my, I lost my mom and my dad this year. I talk to my mom and and my dad all the time. I talk to my mom three or four times a day sometimes, and so so. But people can really uh, enhance and work on that connection just by trying to. Just by uh, it allowing it, you have to allow it to happen. Sometimes people really want it to happen real bad, and that won't happen because they try to make it happen. Mm. But when you're over at your parents' house, you'll feel that connection, yeah. and that's a connection you never want to lose. You always want to have that connection with your your family. And sometimes you feel, you know, sometimes I feel really strongly connected to my mom and dad, and sometimes I feel them around me, and other times I don't feel them at all. Why is that? Is it is it me? Uh, it, well, it, it is you. Um, many times it's because that you at different times we need them, and so uh, I, you know, if uh, if I've had a bad day traveling or things or something yeah. like that, uh, you know, I've noticed my mom will pop in and and she'll tell me, you know, you'll be okay, you know, and and of course I know I'll be okay, but but it, it's really nice to hear, and mm-hmm. and so a lot of times we just need a little pat on the back, or we need to be able to experience and feel that love, and. Um, it, it really does happen. Gary, happy Halloween. Thanks for answering all these questions. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Happy Halloween. All right. Take care. Chet Buchanan and the Morning Zoo. Obviously, is the name that I get really excited about. Tony Spilaccio. He was, he was the guy that everybody knew. Yeah. In Vegas, he was responsible for the downfall of the mob in Vegas. He was actually responsible for Iupa going to prison for the skim. But he was a bad guy. He was FBI files, you know, over 20 murders. The thing in the casino with the vice, the guy's vice in the head, that was true. You know, putting, smashing the guy until his eyes popped out. But, yeah, he was a bad dude. He was a bad dude, and he ended up, uh, he ended up meeting an untimely demise in an Indiana cornfield. The scene in casino, based on that, Oscar Goodman was his lawyer um, back in the day. Uh, Tony Spilaccio was, was a bad dude, and what's really weird is a bunch of his relatives are still in town, and they sell cars. <laughs> sold a Mini. Oh, no, it was there the night that, that Amy bought her Mini. Um, sold me a Volkswagen back in 2001, I think his nephew. Still in town. And this is some really, yeah, what, that's, that freaked me out. This is cool. Yeah, this key, I think it's a key to a hotel room, but it, but it feels like, is that what it is? It's his private suite at the Dunes. Okay, because um, I, I see like about 
seven people that that met death with within the the walls of where this key locked in the and room? unlocked in the room. Yeah. So how many were hookers? Um, two. Two hookers. Two hookers. Five other people. Yeah. Yeah, he would get mad, and, and he, he, he thought he was the gentleman that cor- should correct how everybody should be. He had some sense of he was the, the whatever he said, so he said it, so it was. And so he had that sense. And so when people would say things sarcastic to him, he would hear it very loudly, go crazy, and sometimes kill them. Does That's, that make sense? That sounds exactly like uh, Tony. They, his nickname was the ant because they called him a crazy, he was a crazy piss ant. That's how he got his nickname. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he would just, so, you know, like like one little thing would set him off, and he would just go, I'm going to kill you. Bang. You know, and he would just kill you or choke you to death with his hands sometimes, the, the hookers. you got to be a bit of a hothead if you're going to squeeze some dude's head in a vice till his eyeballs pop out. But, yeah, I think he was trying to get him to tell him something. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the guy, well, does that make any sense? That's exactly right. Okay. And so he was trying to get this guy to tell him something. The poor guy didn't know anything, unfortunately. He never, he never talked yeah, but he didn't talk because he didn't know anything. He should have lied. He should have told him something, you know. But then he would have. I think he would have. Tried, he would have did his head anyway. So, but it was like it was a lot of little really bad thing. Uh, you know, this this hotel key is much more evil than this gun. You know, sometimes you know different things have different feelings. The hotel key has a much more evil energy than the gun, because the hotel was was. Feel, how many people feel chills when I do this? Many people feel a chill. Raise your hand. What does that feel like? But it's crazy. It's a crazy kind of thing where you feel like your head's doing something strange inside. I'm the only one to answer because people will start to think you're crazy. <laughs> you can feel that, right? She just tells it. Yeah. Uh, but these are. Um, this is. Um, this is. This is a, a real bad dude. Um, and. Um, can you talk to him? Like when we talk to people on the other side. I, I think I could him? probably talk to him. Hold the gun in I hear. I think I could talk to him with a gun. Um, I think, you know. What's um, this all about? I hear this hung over his bed. Didn't work. <laughs> okay. It's really weird. Use the cross and the gun, okay? All right. Okay, you know how to get stuff out of me, okay? With shows. Yeah, with shows. Okay. Try to get him to come through me. Try to, you try to do that, you know, and I'll try to get him through me. Say his name. Tony. Tony, I want to talk to you. F*** you. No, I really want to talk to you. What was the last thing that went through your head? Ball bat. What do you wish they would have done? Gave, he wishes, that, he says, gave me Fort Knox. I wish they would have gave me Fort Knox. Did you try to kill Lefty? Twice. What was the other time? Besides Tony Romas. You know what I'm talking about, right? Tried to drown the bastard. You mess around with his wife? More than twice. (laughs) What's it like where you are now? I'm in hell two days and heaven five. My hell's in my head. And heaven's where everyone else is. I need my mother to forgive me so that I will be in heaven all the time. She can't do it. What about all the people you hurt? I lost that part of my soul. I don't really care. Who are you hanging out with? Just myself. That's the reason it's hell. Not even your brother? Just myself. My brother really hated me. He knew me. They f***ed him.
and his women. I need Gary back now. That's cool. I can't remember what I said, though. <laughs> See, with me right then, I can't remember what I just did. I don't know. What was that like? What do you think? That was weird. What do you think? What'd you see? What'd you see? We didn't tell him he was killed with his brother, either. No. Oh. I never told you that. Did you tell him how he, did you tell him how he died? Yeah, well, he knows how he died, but he didn't okay. know about, the, you didn't know about the brother. I didn't tell you, ever tell you about his brother. Oh. That was weird, right? Wasn't yeah. that weird? <clears throat> what was the weirdest thing from my angle that maybe I didn't tell you guys? This guy is alone. Can you imagine spending eternity alone because you're so nasty that you can't be with anyone else? That would be hell, right? That would be hell. And he gets to be around people for a bit, and then he gets to be a, a, in like this hell space. You know? And so, it's Tony calling back. He had more to tell. Oh, God. <laughs> that was weird. That was so weird. That was weird. Chuck Buchanan and the Morning Zoo. Follow me on Facebook.com forward slash Gary Spivey or Twitter.com forward slash Gary Spivey. Also, you can call me up for a private reading anytime, of course, 800-827-GARY. Or 24-7, you can call any of my gifted psychics. And today's special is only $1.99. Get you 10 minutes of a psychic reading from any of my gifted psychics, and you can call us up at 800-217-5336. That number's 1-800-217-5336, and I'll see you next week. And I do appreciate you.